0: Church, uh, stand to your feet if you were able to worship the Lord this morning. I'm going to read uh, John 7:37 and 38. Rivers of living water. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Notice that the Lord cried out to them. So this morning I pray that our, so- our hearts will be softened and that we would unyoke ourselves from the burdens of this world and yoke ourselves with Jesus. Because he's the living water and the well that won't run dry. Amen. Blood of Jesus Christ Oh come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was brought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ
1: God sent his son into the world and it ends up right here that the extravagant incredible amazing love of God that he would come die for us so we can live a life in newness and freedom from our sin and he's forever calling us to him you know that Ever calling us to Him, because He's always putting life in front of us, always. If, if you would embrace that and live in the new life He affords, it's, that's what He's after. And He does that because of His great love for us. You cannot save yourself. Can't do enough good works can't give enough money, can't help your neighbor enough, can't give to goodwill enough. You you can't do enough. Those are nice things, wonderful things. But you can only be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what this table represents. This is the table of the Lord. The body of Jesus given for us, the blood of Jesus shed for us. Substitutionary work in our place. He paid the price. That wage of sin, which is death, for us, the perfect Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. We're in a series right now on these Sundays called I'm Not Good Enough, and then we kind of talk about that attitude a little bit. But I will tell you this, you are not good enough to save yourself. You need God. And that's what this is about. So Jesus, the night he was betrayed, took the Passover meal that they were participating in. He reoriented the entire story of the scriptures to himself. And he gave the bread and he gave the cup and this is my body and this is my blood of the new covenant. They said, do this in remembrance of me. So the church from that day forward until he comes again, we participate in doing this in remembrance of him. And we and we take Literally physical elements we just don't think about it we partake because Jesus was really here really with a physical body his blood was literally shed it wasn't figurative it wasn't a story it wasn't an idea but it literally happened you're not saved by an idea you're saved by actual events amen and that's what this is about So if you wish to participate this morning in communion with us, I just ask that you make your way down the center aisle, pick up the elements, and head back to your seats on the side, and we'll partake together in just a moment. But come forward to the table of the Lord this morning. He welcomes you here. Come to the altar. The arms of the Father, the arms of Jesus are open wide. I believe, the greatest statement that I can make in my life is, I believe. And I believe in the wonderful work of God, that he is, he is making all things new, you know that? And it's happening right now, and we're headed towards this wonderful remaking and the finality of those events. He's making all things new in the big picture, but right down to those who believe. He's making all things new, I believe. And this is the centerpiece of the entire thing right here, of what this represents. Without this, we can't be saved. Without this, all things can't be made new. Without this, we are lost in our sin. Amen. So before we partake this morning, I just encourage you just to take a moment and examine yourself. in your life that you need forgiven for. Ask him. He forgives freely. Maybe you've been wandering from the faith a little bit. Come back home today. Amen. But examine yourself and, Lord, we just come before you. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins. Wipe us clean. Make us us new. Wash us white as snow. We thank you. Lord, as we partake of the elements this morning of the the table of the Lord, we do so in remembrance of you. That this is always before us, always in the forefront of our mind. And we proclaim your death until you come again. That's why we do this. So we thank you for your body that was given for us. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us. It is the great work of God, the great revelation of the love of God. Because while we were yet sinners, you came and died for us. So we thank you this morning. We partake in remembrance. Let's partake of the bread together. And your blood, the forgiveness of sins in which we stand, Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you. No matter what we have done, no matter the the times we have done it, your forgiveness covers all. No shame, no condemnation. Thank you, we believe. Partake of the cup together. Just for a moment, just thank him. Thank him for what he has done for you personally. The grace, the mercy, the patience, the outworking of his love. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we can't repay you other than to worship you and to follow you, to give our lives to you. Thank you. Are you so wonderful, so amazing, so amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
0: I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often I got one response I got just one move With my arms stretched wide you get shy on me lift up your song you've got a lion inside of those lungs get up and praise the Lord come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your song you've got a She gets shy on me Lift up your song you got a lion Inside of those arms Get up and praise the Lord So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have a hallelujah, hallelujah, and I know it's not much, I've nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah. It's in my soul in our veins, our Lord, our This morning, go around and greet your family of faith.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good to have you. You can turn to the closest person to you and say, You look spectacular today. Let them know that. Spectacular. You can even tell Rick that, Tish. You say, You look spectacular, Rick. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> The thing is, you're not lying either. It's the the truth. Amen? All right, tithing offering time. If you have something to give, uh, you can prepare that at this moment. Offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. Uh, If there's not an offering envelope in the chair in front of you, you want one, wave your hand around. One of our ushers will help you out. And as always, always, our ushers are carrying... uh, Prayer cards. So, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to join in faith with you about your prayer need. Uh, please ask for that, and uh, you can turn it in to me after the service. We're one of the ushers, and they'll get that to me. But uh, we, we love to pray with you, and, and that's what a family of faith is all about. In part, is to bear our burdens together. So, uh, as you give today, we appreciate your giving as part of our worship. Uh, every everything we're doing this morning, in some way, is an expression of praise to God. We worship Him with our song. Our fellowship together honors him uh, in our giving, certainly, as the scriptures say, the tithe and the offering is holy unto God. As we give today, is expression of our hearts of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and the provision of God, the increase of God in our lives. How many know that God is good? How many know he's faithful? And how many know that he is always going to provide? Amen? All right, so as you give this morning, we stand in faith and live a life of faith in that Lord, we thank you, as we give today, that that you are honored with our giving, is holy unto you, uh, teaching us, Lord, that you are always our provider. And as Jesus taught us, we don't have to worry about tomorrow, because if God will take care of the birds and and the grass that grows, it's so wonderful, that's even as much as the splendor of Solomon, Lord, that uh, you will take care of us, your creation. We thank you for that. What we give today. It's an honoring of that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. All right, so if you have something, you can bring it down this morning. Uh, I do have a, a couple announcements for you. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday, Joy Fellowship meets next Sunday. That is uh, next Sunday at 5 p.m. The Joy Fellowship is one of the small groups that meets in our church. Bill and Patsy run that small group, so if you have questions about, about that, see uh, Bill and Patsy. That's next Sunday at 5 o'clock. Um, also... Don't forget coming up in September, if I can get my, there we go, if I can see this better. Ah, much better. Uh, Don't forget, we have a a bowling night uh, where you guys come in for free, you get to bowl for a couple hours, all you got to do is bring food for your snacks, but that's, Mike, where's the bowling at? Southwest, okay, and the time is? 7 o'clock on September the 15th, the Friday night. So it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, so it's a free bowling night. So come on out. We did it last year. Had a wonderful time. Uh, so plan on being with us for that. And then that Sunday right after that, September 17th, uh, is Baby Dedication Sunday. So if you have a little one that has not been dedicated unto the Lord, there's a sign-up sheet at the back. And please sign up, and I'll contact you. But we're taking the end of church that day uh, to pray for newborns in our church. And don't forget, small groups have kicked off uh, in August, so if, if you want information about small groups, there's a poster on the back wall back there with uh, the leaders of the small groups and when they meet. Also, uh, Monday Night Church Prayer meets every Monday night from 6 to 7 o'clock right here in the church, so come be a part of that. If you have not in the past, it's in, we, we believe in prayer. How many know the first thing you need to do is pray? Pray first. All the responses you can have in life for what's happening in life is the very first response is always to pray. Because what good is it if you don't get God involved from the start? You can gain all sorts of wisdom and and try to do all sorts of stuff, but if you don't pray first, then what's the point? Bring God into it as you pray first. All right, and uh, today... And next Sunday, the last two Sundays at the end of church, we're throwing up a survey, a church survey. So just some questions I have for you. So if you're still participating in that, that'll be on the screen after church today. Uh, And Bill and Patsy brought this up with me on Wednesday night or whenever they saw me last. Uh, How many of you have heard of uh, Samaritan's Purse before? And every year around Christmas, they do the the operation uh, Christmas Child, the shoebox where you, you fill a shoebox with toys and we'll give it to the Purse and they take it to another nation. Just bless some kids with the gospel and some toys at Christmas. We aren't actually going to be a, a hub here at our church for it, but there are a couple of other churches in town that are a hub for it. So if you're interested, interested in more information about Samaritan's Purse and what's going on with the shoebox, see Bill and Patsy. They can point you in the right direction. I know our family every year does one, and, and we get it to a church that sends it out. So we think it's a wonderful thing. So if you're interested in more information about that, see Bill and Patsy, and they'll point you in the right direction. All right, so I think that's all I have today. So if you have your Bibles, get them out. Uh, I, I think can we turn the lights up a little more. One of them is flickering. I'm not sure if they're the whole way up. That would help me out. And if you're new with us today, in, in the chair in front of you, there's a Get Connected card. If you, if you want to, you can fill that out and give that to Kelly after church right there, and she will help you out. We'd love to get the connect, connected with you. And if you just want some information about our church, a little bit about who we are, that's what this blue pamphlet is. You can grab that and read it, and on the back is our church web address. More information about us, you can go there and just see some things about us and what we do as a church. So having said that, Romans chapter 8, if you would turn there, and we'll, we'll get there in just a moment, we are three weeks into a Sunday series entitled, I'm not good enough dot, 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 because I put the dot, dot, dot there because I don't believe that. Now, I believe, as we were saying during communion, you are not good enough to save yourself. You can't. But what happens is we often, even in our salvation, we end up devaluing ourselves based on our past mistakes and our past failures, our past shortcomings, and even sin in our life that we've dealt with. And we often start living with a wrong mentality that you're not good enough, Even though you've been saved, you've been forgiven, you've been given new life, then you still live in this mentality, I'm not good enough. So we've been talking about that. Uh, The first Sunday that we talked about this, we talked about the fact that you've got to leave your past in the past because that's where it belongs. And some of you live in your moment and your future a prisoner to what has happened in your past even though you've been forgiven. Because there's no condemnation the moment you've been forgiven. You know that? There's no shame the moment you've been forgiven. And you've got to learn to leave your past in your past, or else it keeps you a prisoner in your todays and your tomorrows, but that's not the intention that Jesus has. Last week, I was not here, but Pastor Justin uh, Duos was with us, and he talked about that God uses broken vessels. your, Your past does not define what God can do with you today. And God has a tendency, actually, what he does is he uses broken vessels. You can look through the entirety of Scripture from the first time a person's name is given to the very end, and you'll see that God uses a whole bunch of imperfect and messed up people. Now, he doesn't intend to leave you in your imperfections and your mess, but he still uses people, doesn't he? So you are not disqualified from being used by God because of things that have happened in your past. Matter of fact, he's the master of taking what was in your past and reworking it to use it for his glory. That's what he does. So uh, Pastor Justin uh, did a good job with that last week. I appreciate him. Uh, But today, I want to kind of go at this from a little bit of a different perspective. So Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26. we'll, We'll jump right into the great letter from Paul to the church in Rome. His great, what they call his great theological work. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26. Now, this very first sentence that we're kind of jumping in mid-thought here with Paul. I love what this first sentence says. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh, I like that. How many know that you're weak? How many know that? Okay. But I love the fact that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, as a matter of fact, your weakness and your struggle and your past failures is an incredible opportunity to understand and to meet and to know the power of God. It's a great opportunity. As we were saying a couple of weeks ago, remember, his grace is sufficient for us because his power is made perfect in our what? Our weakness. So the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'm encouraged by that we do not know what to pray as, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's amazing. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Think about that. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Now, intercession, by the way, is a, a tenacious prayer. You ever, you ever meet somebody that's called to intercede? They're just a prayer warrior. They just pray, they pray, they pray. They fight, they fight, they fight. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Again, that's a great encouragement. And he who searches knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, now here's where we want to kind of focus in a little bit today. And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those, those whom he, he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those he also he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified." Now, watch this. Now, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Then who is it to condemn? See, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. He's at the right hand of God, and he also, who is indeed interceding for us. But who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are all being killed all day long, and we are regarded as sheep to be the the slaughter. So, in other words, the persecutions that the church was going through at the time, Paul's encouraging them. But watch this. in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things in the present, nor the things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if you hear that and don't get encouraged, I don't know what to do for you. Shake you up, spin you around, throw you around a little bit. You got to take some encouragement from what Paul's saying here. Listen, God is with you. God is for you. God is working for your good. We'll talk about that. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And all things are possible to the one who believes. You hear that? See, that is the activity of God in your life. Now... We go through life and we experience so many different things. Like we're saying, our shortcomings, our failures, the things that that we have in our past, understanding the fact that we need God to be saved. We can't save ourselves. Again, devaluing ourselves. But listen, remember, God loves his creation so much that he wanted to come and save it. That includes you. You are valuable to him. And you have to stop a negative thought process in your mind about yourself you are worth saving, or he would not do so. And your past, and your failures, and your sin, and everything you encountered could not separate you from his love. You know that. So much so that he he not only wants to save you, but he is saving you. Then he turns around and puts a life in front of you regardless of your past and your failures and your shame. Now today you can move forward more than a conqueror because of him. That's the life you have. But one thing that's happening in all this process is God is working for the good. He's working all things together for the good of those who love him. So I have a slide, Justice, if you'll put this first slide up for me, please. Here's what I know. Not all things that happen in your life are actually good. But regardless of what those things have been, those things are not the end of your story. You ever hear uh, when you go through something rough, somebody's like, well, let me, let's look for the silver linings. Ever, Ever have somebody say that to you? I get it, there can be silver linings, but sometimes whatever. There's no silver linings. That was terrible. And what we went through, it wasn't fun. And, and we, we were broken down financially or maybe physically, or I made a mistake that wasn't good. Or You, you can pile up the list of things in your past that you considered failures and, and struggles and all of those things, and, and you may not be able to find any silver lining in it other than you made it through. Not all things that happen in your life are good. I get it. But listen, because of the grace of God, those things are not the end of your story. Because those things did not separate you from the love of God, first. Secondly, new life in him actually gives you new life, right? And behind the scenes, this is the amazing work of God, behind the scenes, more than we could see or understand, God is working for the good of those who love him. He is amazing at taking things in your life that were no good, and there may be no silver lining at all, and somehow, way, with his grace and his mercy, turning them towards the good. That's what God does. So you say, I'm not good enough. Okay, but he is. And he's amazing at taking what wasn't good and turning it to good. Amen. That's what he does. See, this is because in an amazing wisdom and understanding and mercy and power of God, this is because with God all things are possible. Again, God is with you and he is for you and he's working for your good. Now, by the way, this is big picture because God is working for the good of his purposes of all things, but he also does it right down to the individual life. He's working for your good. Now, this does not mean, let let me make a clarification. This does not mean that all things for you will be comfortable, that all things for you will be perfect, that all things for you will be without issues. But it is saying that with God, you are headed a certain direction, and that's his good. Amen? So yeah, you're not good enough, but God is working for your good. And, And what's amazing is, He saw us as we were before our salvation, messed and lost in our sin, and he came to work for your good. And even after our salvation, we're not perfect. We're working things out. And he sees us. There's nothing hidden from him. He sees us right down to the details of our life, and knows our inner secrets, and he's still working for our good. He has every reason not to be patient with you, but he does. Amen. But notice, notice it says that He works all things together. All things come together for the good. But it is for those who love him. You think about that. Those who ultimately don't love God or reject his purposes in their life, they're left to their own devices, and the things in their life never ultimately end up at the good. Right? Right? But those who receive what God is doing and learn how to grow in love in response to him, there is a relationship happening there where he's intimately involved with you. And because he's intimately involved with you, he can take all these things and start to work them together for your good. Amen. For those who love him. Now, I know I've said this before. Let me, let me say this again. I did not get saved or give my life to God because I loved God. I gave my life to him because I realized I was messed up. I just, that, was, that was the whole point. But then I realized that salvation wasn't just me getting a ticket out of hell. It's not like it's, you know when you, you you play how many play Monopoly? That's the most frustrating game in the world. Anyways, it not only takes too long. And, anyway, I'm not even gonna go there. Anyways, um, you get you get past go and collect two hundred bucks, right? Or if you land on the wrong, then you land in jail and but you can pick up a get out of jail free card. Okay. Salvation is not simply a get out of jail free card. Don't reduce it to that terms. Salvation is reconciled relationship with God. Heaven, eternity, new heaven and new earth with Him for all eternity is a byproduct of that relationship. The get-out-of-jail-free card is a byproduct of that relationship, but it is not the thing, the only thing. In other words, love. That growing in my faith is ultimately a love relationship with the Father. And because he's so good, then he works all things together for your good, including his ultimate purposes. But for those who don't love him, for those who don't receive what he's wanting to do, everything that's happening in your life is left to the devices of itself and ultimately will not end up in the good place, towards the good, the purposes of God that God wants. Now, having said that, there's a couple things that I do want to throw out, a couple side points here. We are a culmination of our decisions. When the Bible says that you will reap what you sow, it's serious business. It's true. You can't get away from it. Listen, there may be some things playing out in your life right now that are simply you reaping of decisions that you sowed. And when God works for your good, it doesn't mean that he automatically just takes all that away. There's some playing out in your life that has to happen. Got to know that. And sometimes I think we get frustrated when these things are playing out in our life at God because he doesn't make them disappear. But you're the one that sowed it. Don't get mad at him. Don't get frustrated at him. But... Behind the scenes, overall, he is is working eventually somehow some way to integrate that into the good. He will. But some things have to play out in your life. That's just the basic facts. Don't get mad at him about it. Don't get frustrated. You're a combination of decisions that you have made. Okay? Now, here's, here's another little thing that needs to go along with this. And I talked about this briefly on a Wednesday couple Wednesdays ago. But let me bring it back up because I think this is important. Sometimes we end up in situations of our life, again, because of the decisions we have made. Okay? And the example I used, I'll use this same example. The example I used was your finances. Uh, Maybe Bill or somebody could tell you better than me, but the last time I looked, it's been two or three or four years, the average Americans in $20,000 or more credit card debt. Okay? That's a lot of money. With high interest, that, 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 can, that can be a giant burden on your financial situation, right? Now, I understand sometimes things happen in life where you have emergencies and, and whatever. I think a lot of that is just people not being wise and spending their money. Right? So somebody could be, not every situation, I'm not whitewashing everybody, but somebody could be, in that kind of a financial situation based on a series of decisions that they made in their life that ended up there. Correct? Now, here's what I know. People often turn to God and say, God, help me. I'm in a mess. Now, you put yourself in the mess, right? Now you're asking for God to help you out of your mess. Now, I'm not saying he won't. He might. But here's the thing unless you start to apply some practical wisdom in your life, he can help you, but you are gonna be right back there. You've got to start to live with practical wisdom in your life no matter what you think God is or isn't going to do. That can be financially. That can be relationally. That can be physically. It's kind of like, let's say... Uh, my cholesterol was way out of whack. It's, it's not good. Sometimes there, there's some genetic things happening. It's, it's hard to avoid. But sometimes it's because you eat a Big Mac every day. I mean, what I'm talking about. Then when you're at the doctor, you're praying, God, heal me. Right? Well, I'm not saying he won't. But, but regardless, you've got to change your life. Well, when you're back in there later, God heal me, and he's going, hello. Maybe if you quit eating a Big Mac every day, you wouldn't be here. Practical wisdom. It was like the video we showed. I bring this video up a lot. Remember, the sheep was in the ditch, and the guy got the sheep out of the ditch, and the thing bounded three times right back in the ditch. And the guy's like, really? That yeah, We do that so much Not because God's not willing to help us or not that he's not working for our good, but we are constantly making decisions that put us in the ditch. We've got to get some practical wisdom. So here's the thing. If you don't know how to fix your finances, go talk to somebody who does. you don't know how to deal with your health better, go talk to somebody who does. There are people out there, God gives wisdom. Right? So, there may be things playing out in your life because of the decisions you made. It doesn't mean that God's still not working. And you've got to learn to apply practical wisdom in your life so you learn to change. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't care and he doesn't love and he won't help you out, but how many times has he got to help you out when you keep throwing yourself in the ditch? Now, that's a question I'd like to ask him. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, no side points there, but you can think about that later. In other words... We have responsibility in life. You can't run through life like a bowling ball and just expect God to bail you out all the time. Amen? Okay, Acts chapter 19. I want to show you something else. Acts chapter number 19. Let's see. That's not where I wanted to go. Let me see. Let me me find where I want to go. It's Acts. We're looking at the conversion of Paul. Acts chapter 9, I put a number 1 in front there. It wasn't supposed to be there. Acts 9, you can go there. I want want to show you something. So Acts 9.1 says, but Paul... So, breathing threats and murder against disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. So, if any were found belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, if, if you jump up, uh, to just keep going, to verse 3. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, "'Who are you, Lord?' And he said, "'I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do.'" Now, jump down to verse 10. I just want to show you something quick here. "'Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, "'Ananias,' he said, "'Here I am, Lord.' And the Lord said to him, "'Rise and go to a street called Straight. At the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying.'" He is seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay hands on him so he might regain his sight and and so forth. Now, Ananias was like, hey, I heard about this guy. I'm not sure about this. But the Lord said, go. And, of course, we know what happens. He goes, prays for Saul. Saul is able to see again. And Saul begins this life of being the evangelist to the Gentiles, right? Here's the point. God is working for your good. He is working in ways that you don't see and you don't understand. So much so that often he's setting stuff up on the other side. He's he's talking to Ananias about Saul, but Saul doesn't know it, so Ananias can help Saul. God is arranging your life to help send you in the direction that he wants you to go. He's that involved in particular about you. That he's working the details even to have other people come into your life to help you get where you need to go. That's how much he cares, how detail-oriented God is. He's working for your good, and he's working in ways you don't see, ways you don't understand with other people, with other situations, circumstances. God is working for your good. Isn't that amazing? That he's able to put things together like that. That's an incredible wisdom that he's able to do things like that for each one of us well beyond our comprehension, well beyond our understanding. He's working for your good, so he's with you, he's for you. He's working for your good, and nothing can separate you from his love. And because of that, then all things are possible to the one who believes, amen? So just this last slide, we'll close up after this. Yes, so I know you're not good enough, but... But, but, God, but God is at work. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when things around you seem otherwise, God is not idle, God is not indecisive, God is not unaware. He is at work before you know it. Stuff is happening beyond what you can see. He's working for your good. And as he's working for your good, he reminds you it is finished. See that. The whole time, the wonderful work of God is working for you. So, when you don't think you're good enough, stop. Okay, yeah, I know I'm not perfect. But yet the God of all things, who made all things, is working for my good. Therefore, I am more... And a conqueror. Amen. You see that. Uh, Quick quote here, a little saying. Uh, Julian of Norwich said this. You want to check her out later. says, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Amen. Believe that? That is why the first time we talked about this, I ended by saying this. Let me say it again. It is safe to hope again. It is okay to dream again. It's okay to plan again. It's okay to ask God, what now? What's my future? It's okay right now to be present and move forward. It's okay Because as you do these things, God is with you. And even when you fall and stumble and need help back up, he's going to do so. He's going to work things together for your good and keep going. Amen? Believe that. Amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. As I'm praying, they're going to go get the kids. We're going to pray over the kids before we leave today for the start of school. All right? So if somebody wants to go, let them know. But let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are working for our good. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks, Ron. No, I thank you, Lord, that our future is secure in you. I thank you, Jesus, that you were doing above and beyond more than we could ask or think. I thank you, Lord, for that. But I pray that for anybody that's living in insecurities and self-doubt, feel like they're they're struggling because of their past or, or they just can't seem to get through where they're at, Lord, I pray they're encouraged today because with the work of the Spirit in their life, they will come through. I pray, Lord, to begin to catch a glimpse of, of who they are in you. I thank you for that. Lord, Jesus, help us today to understand. Lord, in this wonder of creation that we are and the wonder of relationship with you, Lord, that that you are more than enough for each one of us. I thank you for that. I praise you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, Lord as, as, as pastors continuing going through the struggles that he has, Lord, we just pray that you touch his body, heal his body in the name of Jesus. Well, once again, we lift him up. Lord, that you do amazing work in his life. It's a great testimony to follow. Lord, encourage the family, encourage him today, Lord, that you are with him, and you will see him through, and we thank you for that, in Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. All right, I know we got a lot of families out on vacation and, and fairs and that business, but if you have a child, I'd like you to grab your child and bring them down, and we're going to pray for all the kids today. Uh, if, if you want to hang around and do that, that's cool. If, if not, if you want to head out, uh, you can do so, but we want to honor our kids and bless our kids before they head to school this fall. And I know it's actually starting in next week or so. And uh, we love our kids, multi-generational church that we believe in our kids. Um, and, and our kids' church is not just some sort of babysitting service. We teach them uh, in, in the things that are scriptures, what worships about, and all those kind of things. So come on down, kids, right down front here. Don't be shy of me. I'm not a bad dude.